Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Hello, and welcome to the first official podcast episode of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I am Dan McFadden. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm a former NASCAR writer at NBC Sports up until about three months ago when I was laid off. This is going to be the podcast version of a YouTube channel that I started with a goal of covering the sport via news, news analysis, interviews, and uh, commentary. As I said, I'm Dan McFadden, and with me is my good college friend, James Crow, who we all call Crow. Yes, we were very inventive with the nicknames in our friend group. <laughs> yeah. So I've known Daniel for about 10 years. Uh, we went to college together. Um, I work professionally as a software developer. Um, a long time ago, I used to work as a media creation too. So I'm doing a lot of the kind of producing and stuff to help, help things along. Um, way back when Daniel and I first met, like we were like the only people in our friends group that knew anything about NASCAR. Um, I was just a fan. I grew up back in the like the booming era of where Jeff Gordon dominated everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm right there. I was right there with you. Uh, yeah, cheer, rooting yeah. against him and rooting for Dale Earnhardt. So yeah. that, that's <laughs> to, yeah. to, to give some of my NASCAR uh, origin story. Yeah, and I and also I grew up around racing to an extent. Um, I grew up in the same area that Mark Martin's from, so went to a lot of the tracks that he raced at when he was coming up. Uh, spent a lot of time down in Batesville, where he's originally from at the track there, which is a great, great dirt track if you've never been. So was it like your dad who was taking you? Yeah, or? my dad. Yeah, we'd go with my dad and his friends. We actually had a dirt track in our hometown for a while, too, and it was designed by the same people that designed the one for Batesville. It was really cool, but no one could ever kind of keep it open. Me, me, a lifelong NASCAR fan, I, I was in Jonesboro for four years at Arkansas State. I never once went to the Mark Martin Museum or anything in Batesville. Never once went to any of the dirt tracks around there. But to be fair, I was very busy with college. So. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, speaking of which, like, the one thing that's, like, you know, crazy with your career is you have a master's degree in sports journalism, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, got that at the University of Indiana, or got it from the University of Indiana uh, after a year of taking courses on the campus of Indianapolis University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. So, yeah, I got that uh, in one year after I graduated from Arkansas State in 2013. So, um, and after you know grad school, I went for a few months for an internship at Sporting News in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and then my work there caught the attention of people at NBC Sports, and a short while after um, my internship ended at Sporting News, I got an email from someone at NBC Sports, which led to nearly six years of covering NASCAR and a little bit of IndyCar at NBC Sports. Yeah, and, and you know, through all that, you've got to do some really cool stuff. You know, you uh, you lived in Texas for a while. You have to go out to the Texas Motor Speedway a bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then you you know you covered a bunch of racing in Indianapolis, right? Oh, yeah. It's completely... Like, I got to cover the Indianapolis 500. I got to cover the Brickyard 400. I got to cover uh, the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. So I got to do quite a bit worth it. And because of that, I got to go to do an internship with Sporting News pretty much right, at, right out of the gate after I graduated. And then after that ended, after a few months, 
shortly after that, I got a call or got an email from someone at NBC Sports that led to um, a job of nearly six years that unfortunately ended last October uh, due to the financial circumstances revolving the COVID nineteen pandemic. So Daniel, you're you know, you're wanting to start this um, now that you're kind of you're independent uh, <laughs> in a way. Um, that, 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 that's the fanciest way I've ever heard of someone saying unemployed, <laughs> so. but you know, you know, we've talked about a, a lot about, you know, kind of what you want to do with the channel and the podcast, mm-hmm. but like, what is your, what do you want to bring like with your perspective to the, to the NASCAR world? Well, I want to be able to blend in my news experience in with my fandom experience. I've been following NASCAR since the mid nineties when I was, you know, six years old, I, I went to, went to the inaugural cup race at Texas Motor Speedway in 1997 when I was six. Um, and so I, I grew up a Dale Earnhardt fan and a Dale Jr. fan. So, um, I've been in love with the sport for a long time. So, um, but, but pretty much it's, yeah, I've been a lifelong NASCAR fan and I want to, um, I don't want to just be a typical YouTuber who just hops on to a camera and just starts sharing their opinions on all willy-nilly i want to bring a, a news judgment to what i'm saying into a microphone i have knowledge interest industry i i know people like i can confirm stuff with nascar public relations they know who i am um i have access to the nascar media site so i, I have resources that i've accumulated over the last six years and i want to use that in a really fun way i also want to be able to elevate other people's voices because especially after last year um, and everything that happened in the NASCAR community following the George Floyd killing in Minneapolis and how that reached the NASCAR world with Bubba Wallace and I think the NASCAR uh, world uh, needs to hear some some voices from like minority communities and with Michael Jordan coming into the, to, to NASCAR and now Pitbull um, <laughs> the the image of NASCAR as a you know white sport while that's still kind of reality that's getting broken down and I want to help keep breaking that down I don't just want to interview media members, drivers. I, I want to interview uh, fans, get their perspective on the sport, artists, uh, other podcasters, and uh, just kind of like shine a light on uh, the people who love the sport but aren't don't get the rec- recognition or that the mainstream world uh, thinks of when they think of NASCAR. So, so you you've said you've accumulated a lot of. Uh resources and contacts and you know that one very exciting thing that you've got coming up uh this week actually on on the youtube channel first and then eventually here on the podcast mm-hmm. um is one of your longtime contacts yes i will be interviewing fox sports nascar reporter bob Puckris. yeah and you've uh you've known him for quite a while right yes um i've known him since my internship at sporting news uh we, i met him i think i formally met him yeah during my inter internship at sporting news i might have met him during my my graduate program when i covered the indy 500 or the breakyard 400 but i don't specifically remember it so um but yeah i've known him since 2014 um his his cubicle at sporting news was like right across the aisle from mine so yeah i've known bob a while and we're friends yeah i'm open to um open the door a little bit on on bob who i I believe is the face of the NASCAR media core for a lot of people. Um, and he's just the guy who just answers your NASCAR questions. And so now he's going to answer my questions about him. Awesome. 
so for the first episode, you know, kind of the plan that we've talked about is the with the podcast, you know, we'll we're going to add a little bit more content. We're not just going to completely, you know, copy the YouTube audio cuz it doesn't really work, you know, work very well and it can be kind of boring, but we will feature a lot of the the you know, same content with the especially the interviews. Um and the first one turned out to be really timely. Right? <laughs> yes. Cuz as, as you mentioned um, earlier, NASCAR's newest car owner is the um pop star that no one I know of has seemed to ever heard of before. Her, like listen to other than New York New Year's Eve shows. Really? <laughs> well, but, my first my first exposure. Okay, it's Pitbull, the international yes. rap star known as Pitbull, and a Grammy Grammy Award winning artist. The first, like uh, as I mentioned in the YouTube video I did for it, like my earliest exposure to him was 2012 with Men in Black Three, when he did the song for it uh, called Back in Time, which I actually like. I like the song. Yeah. I don't think anybody else remembers the song but me. Um, and I like it. Yeah, the so fir- um, the first time I ever actually heard of him was when he got pranked and um, with that contest for like to do a concert at a Walmart, and he got sent to like the most remote Walmart in the world in Alaska. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, he, he got it was a prank because they had to nominate like a store, and like the internet decided that they were going to prank him, send him to Alaska, and he went and did it. You know, he could have bailed on it, but he went. And I thought that was, you know, watching the video, it's pretty cool. But yeah, he's the newest NASCAR owner. Oh, yes, uh, yes. He, he He's a co-owner of uh, Trackhouse Racing, which is a brand new team that's owned by Justin Marks, who's a former former Xfinity Series driver. He's a sports car driver. He's an entrepreneur. And uh, Trackhouse has partnered with Richard Childress Racing. It's essentially going to be a third RCR car. But Pitbull, uh, coming in hot on the heels of Michael Jordan's own team 2311 racing uh yeah he's gonna pitbull's gonna be a co-owner and uh this episode you'll be hearing an interview i did with the driver of track house racing's number 99 chevrolet daniel suarez um this is an interview i did with suarez at the beginning of december i interviewed him as part of a story that i wrote for speech sport magazine that will be published uh next month in february the story is about justin marks and you know starting the team but, you know, I, I had to interview the driver. And um, there was so much material that I got from Dane, from Suarez that can't couldn't go into a 1,500-word story. So um, I thought it would be great use of the audio of that uh, to use first on the YouTube show and now uh, the Dropping the Hammer podcast. If you don't know Suarez's, uh, the situation he's in right now, he's, he's going to be Trackhouse Racing. It's going to be his fourth different team in five years of the Cup Series. He spent his... You know, after he won the 2016 uh, Xfinity title for Joe Gibbs Racing, he, he got a promotion up to a, an unexpected promotion up to the Cup Series after uh, Carl Edwards unexpectedly retired uh, in December of that year, and so he got thrown into the 19 in the Cup Series. Where um, and then after two years there, he got the boot because Eric Jones need, needed a, a spot, and now he then he went to Stuart Haas Racing. After one year there, he got the boot again because of Cole Custer getting the promotion at Stuart Haas. And then he spent one year with Gaunt Brothers Racing, driving the number 96 Toyota, which was like essentially a last-minute deal um, that came together. And after a very disappointing year in which you know he, he has said he was basically racing eight, nine-year-old equipment in October, it was announced that he would be joining Trackhouse Racing. So um, that's 
kind of the context of my interview with with Mr. Suarez, who just turned 29 years old. Um, and so uh, that's what you're going to be hearing now, my interview with uh, the driver of number 99, Trackhouse Racing Chevrolet, uh, Daniel Suarez. How did this whole track house thing start? What went wrong with Gaunt Brothers Racing? Well, you know, uh, Mari gone, uh, <clears throat> many other people from uh, from the team, uh, they were working to try to to make something happen. But uh, but it was I feel like at the end of the day, the the, the goal and the vision that uh, that they had, it was not the same than the goal and the vision that I had. Uh, great people, don't get me wrong. I yeah. I feel like we 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 are very good friends, but uh, but we we didn't share a lot of the competition side, uh, uh, and that was very difficult because uh, you know I had some goals in mind. I've been have been very very competitive my entire life. Doesn't matter if I have good rides or not. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be in good equipment in the last few years, but before that I was not. And I had to make all cars go fast, and and uh, that's doable in most of the series. But in the Cup series, it's almost impossible. And uh, this year, uh, we run extremely old cars and with very old technology, and and we had good people. I had good crew chief, and I had a good engineer. But uh, but if you have eight, nine year old equipment, it's impossible. Uh, it's impossible when you're running with the best of the best, and. Uh, you know that was supposed to be that that, that was gonna change uh, early in the year. That was gonna change in the middle of the year, later in the year, and and and, and never really we never really got there. And uh, we had some good plans. The team had good plans for 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 21, but I I just couldn't risk my career uh, like that. Uh, what was Justin's pitch to come join this team? Uh, yet another brand new team. Uh, the reason why I got and I took a, a gamble on this is because the the partnership that uh, that there is with uh, with RCR, um, Justin, I think he's a extremely extremely smart guy, a very good driver, and uh, and he is gonna be extremely successful uh, team owner in the near future. And uh, and I'm here, you know, I'm I'm just 28 years old. I have. Yeah. I have a long career ahead of me, and and I and he has a long career ahead of him. So I feel like there there was a there, there were a lot of things that just make sense, um, and uh, he's very very good in the business side as well. Uh, Ty Norris uh, complimenting uh, Justin on all the sponsors, managing the team, and many different things. It was a key to make this possible as well. Uh, not really RCR in the competition side. So I feel like it was a combination of things. It wasn't just Justin. It wasn't just RCR. It wasn't just Ty Norris. It's, it was a combination of things to be able to make this happen. As I mentioned, Suarez is going into his fifth season, fourth different team. He's also going to have his fifth different crew chief. Yes, fifth. One of those crew chiefs he had twice at Joe Gibbs Racing. So this year he will be partnered with Travis Mack who for the last couple of years has been the crew chief for Michael Annette at Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. So how hard is it to develop as a driver when you have so much turnover at crew chief? People don't, don't realize that. People don't understand how much it actually holds you back to be changing from team to team, to be changing people from people, 
cruise ship to cruise ship. People don't understand that, but uh, I know I know what I can do, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm as good as anyone out there. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, once I'm able to build this and, and and keep it and be consistent, I'm gonna be able to show that. But uh, you can put Chase Elliott right now that he is the the champion of the sport right now. If you change everything for next year, he he won't be as competitive as this year. He has had exactly the same chief and probably the same engineers mm-hmm. his entire his entire cop career we're talking about seven years so it's impossible i mean if you if you think about all the guys that are very competitive they've been working with that group of people for a long time so if you can have consistency you can have anything but people but you know it's, it's hard for for many people to understand that that's that's something that probably just drivers and and uh, team managers <clears throat> understand uh, with having that many crew chiefs, does that actually in any way help you refine your own communication and relaying what you want to your crew chief, whoever you're working with at that time? I don't think so. I think what has helped me a lot is to know the good things about each of them. Okay. Because uh, every every crew chief is different. Uh, some crew chiefs are very engineer-driven. Some cruise ships are very people-driven. Some other cruise ships are, are very hardworking. So, you know, I have learned different personalities. I have learned the good and the bad of almost each of them. Um, I, I see myself as a very smart guy when it comes to people. So I, 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 I understand what someone can do good and what someone cannot do good. So okay. I felt that uh, I felt like in the last years I have learned a lot about what kind of person is going to take to be a champion and to be successful. What, what, what will your like overall feelings have been about the year 2020? I feel like 2020 has been a, it's been a very difficult year, but uh, not just in racing in general in life. Um, you know, everyone says, you know what, 2020 sucks, this and that. I don't like to think that way. I don't like to think, to think uh, negative. Um, it's been a very difficult year, and I felt that, uh, you know, us as uh, human beings, we have made it even worse. <laughs> uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, we have learned a lot. We have learned uh, about appreciation. We have learned about family. I haven't seen my family in almost one year. Oh wow! Uh, and I and I miss them, you know. And I learned that uh, that uh, sometimes we take a lot of simple things for granted. Um, and, uh, and I'm way more appreciate, appreciate, I, I appreciate things way more right now than before. And I feel like the reason of that is for everything that happened this year. And, um, you know, you never, you, you, we can't take anything for granted. And, uh, this year has been very difficult. Many people has lost family members. Many people has lost jobs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at least, uh, all I, all I lost was, uh, was probably, uh, uh, a competitive year in my career. Uh, it was very difficult, but uh, but I know I can recover from that. I know I know what I can do. This year for me was extremely difficult mentally. Uh, I just I just couldn't handle uh, this much longer. If it wasn't for Julia, my girlfriend, probably I wasn't gonna make it uh, because she was 
as competitive as I am, uh, really? it's extremely difficult to go to a racetrack knowing that uh, that you are gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> so uh, it's it's extremely difficult. But uh, uh, but I tried my best and uh, and I did everything that was in my power to make this as strong as possible. Uh, and and I can I can uh, I can assure, uh, you know assure that to anyone. But. Uh, it, it, it's been a it's been a learning process. I feel like I hit bottom, uh, and I'm really looking forward to fight very very hard, and to show what I can do next year. All right, Daniel. Well, that wraps it up for the show. I think we kind of want to keep these pretty short and sweet and digestible. But uh, mm-hmm. um, where can everybody find you online? Uh, you can find me on my primary social media uh, usage is Twitter. You can follow me just at Daniel McFadden on Twitter. And my, if you haven't been looking at your screen or anything, my last name is M C F A D I N. You can also follow me on Instagram, same thing at Daniel McFadden. Um, on Facebook, it's Daniel McFadden NASCAR. So yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you like what you heard, send ping me on Twitter. Send me a message saying you. you listen to it you liked it you didn't like it whatever um you can also email me at danielmcfadden at gmail.com so if you have someone that you would like uh to hear from in this upcoming year in nascar uh whether it be the cup series xfinity series truck series uh whatever um drivers crew chiefs fans artists anyone in the nascar realm that you think should get some an elevation of sorts get the spotlight on them just yeah let me know Crow, what about you? I am on the internet all the time, and if you want to find me, you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, yeah, you're, you have a locked Twitter account. I sent I sent you a follow request last week on Twitter. Oh, I don't even remember locking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, but this is it. This has been the first episode of uh, dropping the hammer with Dan McFadden. Um, I'm Dan McFadden, and uh, Crow, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>